Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. God is God 24-7. Every moment of every day, God is Almighty God. But the Bible says, call upon the Lord while he is near. Now, what does that mean? During certain times on God's calendar, and the reason he does this is so we're aware of it. We don't miss it. On God's calendar at certain times, it's the same God, but he is closer to us with that anointing, that miracle, that blessing, He's closer to us than other times of the year. Does that make sense to you? Tiz says it so well as when we're filming our television. She said, it's the same sun in the sky here in Dallas in January as it is in August. It's the same sun. But in August, it's closer to us. And we feel its intensity more at that time. Right now, we are heading into an appointed time. In about nine minutes. And at that appointed time, the windows of heaven for the Lamb of God opens. The windows of heaven for the Sabbath opens. You know, on a normal Sabbath, the reason why God says one of the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath and keep it it's one of the ten commandments remember it and keep it why come friday night do we stop whatever we're doing and just as sunset is coming we welcome in the sabbath bride because at that moment at that moment god opens the window of heaven And he releases every miracle that's ordained for our life for the whole next week. Every miracle that God wants to make. So what happens if we don't keep it? We miss the miracle. We might get a sprinkling, but I don't know about you, but I don't want a peephole from heaven opened up. I want a window from heaven opened up. And so he lets us know. Why? Because he's a wonderful, awesome, mighty God. And when we stop and we welcome in the Sabbath blessing, God releases every miracle that we need for the next week. In about seven minutes, God will release miracles that you didn't even know was coming. In your home, in your family, in your finances, in your body. Miracles. The word window is the word you showed. It means a funnel, an unobstructed funnel from the throne of God to every need we have. And our God is not a God of just getting by. Our God is a God of good measure, pressed down, shaking together, overflowing. Amen. 
But you take this, and it doesn't happen all the time because the Bible holidays go by goes by the moon, and our calendar goes by the sun. So very rarely do all three of these emerge where we have Passover, we have Good Friday, the Lamb of God, and we have Shabbat. Tonight is a night that God can do miracles for you that you have never heard of before. Let me say that again. God can do a miracle for you, say me, that no one has ever heard of before. We're going to share some miracles tonight. And whenever you see or hear a miracle in somebody else's life, what does that mean? It means I'm next because God is no respecter of persons. So ladies, could you stand with us all over the building and all of you that are watching from around the world, our stream family, we cannot tell you how much we love you, how much we appreciate you and are so glad that you're with us literally from around the world. And I, and I receive special blessings from whole, a whole group of Holocaust survivors this afternoon before they went into Shabbat because for a whole area of Israel, all of you provided Passover meals and Seder blessings for all the Holocaust survivors in the whole Haifa area. And so I received on your behalf a blessing from them. Thank you. Thanking you so very much. So ladies, Tiz is going to light the candles. Katie's going to light the single candles. Anna's going to pray with them. And as we pray, this is the only time that God only listens to women. Isn't that strange? Welcoming in the miracles, as we welcome in the Sabbath, God only listens to women. Why is that? Because it's usually women who lead us into the presence of God. Amen? And so, ladies... Don't don't ever hey hey don't let any don't ever let anybody say women have no place in ministry. You know, on Shabbat we pray for our sons to be like Ephraim and Manasseh. And on Shabbat we pray that our daughters be like Rebecca, Sarah, Rachel, and Leah. You already outnumber us two to one in the blessing and the favor of God. Come on, ladies, somebody ought to receive that. Amen. Tis say the blessing. You bring your hands over the light three times and you're saying no matter how dark it is out there, in our home, our family, the light of God will shine. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kitzano bo mitzvotav bitzivenu lehadlik ner shel shabbat. Father, tonight as we light these Sabbath candles, God, we are so grateful, so grateful, God to be in your house, to be in your presence, and to be in your will. God, we love you so much, and we declare your goodness, your joy, your blessings, your light, your healing, all of your blessings, promises, and miracles over our families and our homes and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And everybody receives the Sabbath miracles, shout amen. 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 Give the Lord a clap offering. Ladies, you may be seated. Amen. Now, I don't need that, guys. No, no, I don't need that. I do need my Bible, though, although I have it memorized. Thank you. 
Now, I'm not going to teach very long this evening. In fact, I was praying this afternoon, and I said, how do I want to prepare us for... Ben, you stay with me. You guys stay with me. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have to stand up the whole time. Come on out. You can stand behind me. Don't you stand behind me because then... No. Come with me. How do, I, how do we prepare tonight for the night of miracles? And I thought... You, you know, can I throw something out to all of us here? We, we work very, very diligently to keep this ministry debt-free because I don't want to be a place where we're constantly raising funds. As a matter of fact, we haven't raised any funds for ourselves in years and years, and, and we, we don't even receive offerings on Sunday morning, and yet... You guys just keep giving. All the bills are paid. And we're debt-free. We are debt-free. Uh, and so I, I feel, especially in these last days, that it's important for us. I can't speak for any other ministry. But I feel it's important for us to stay debt-free. To stay, to stay where we can concentrate on teaching the Word of God and not be... Oh my goodness, how are we going to keep the lights on and we got to always be asking for money. But you know, I was praying this afternoon about how I'm going to do uh, the service today because I know that God laid in my heart tonight is a night of miracles. And when I was praying, I said, Lord, give me direction on doing this. And it came to me and it's something that I want you to pray about. It came to me how close we are to the coming of the Messiah. But I believe in all my heart, we're not going home with a moan. We're going out with a shout. We're going out that glorious bride without spot and without wrinkle. And uh, one of the things that we have decided to do is go to war for our young people. And so we are to, to help Jordy and, and, and help Jen with all the young people. We're bringing in another couple to be uh, youth pastors. We're going to be dividing the junior high and the senior high. And we're going we're gonna to have a coffee house for the young kids where they can learn leadership and raise them up in, into leadership. We've got all kinds of things uh, in store that we're going to let you know about real soon. And But it came to me today, we should be having a Seder meal. You know, the teaching on the Seder meal is amazing. Every single thing, every single thing in the Seder meal shouts Jesus is the Messiah. Every single thing in it. And we'll hit a few of them right now. But I thought... You know, we haven't done a Seder meal in a long time because you got to go rent another place and you got to go here and do there. And I thought, what if, and I'm just going to throw this out for you to pray about because we're, we will not do anything to go into debt. But if there's anybody here, anybody watching that feels like God has been leading them to give a couple million dollars to the ministry, I think we ought to build a multi-facet uh, gym, room, kitchen, 
coffee house for the young people. And then we can do a Seder meal every year. We can do meals with leadership and stuff like that. And so um, I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't told anybody except Tiz on this. I'm not going to do a fundraiser. We're not going to do that. But if anybody's watching and God has blessed you with $20 million and your 10% is $2 million, uh, send it on in. That's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because we, we need to, the closer we get to the end, we need to sit down and do a Seder meal. Because the Seder meal proves that Jesus is the Messiah. So let's just look at a couple things here real quick. Now, first off, when we're going into the Sabbath to prepare ourselves for miracles, and, and let me say something. Nothing God gives us is for a ritual. God's not into any meaningless ritual. Every single thing God gives us is for a revelation. Now, one of the first things you do after you light the Shabbat candles is a form of baptism. It's the washing of the hands. Now, I'm going to do everything symbolically for you tonight, but you receive it. What is baptism? Baptism is not what (laughs) the church has taught. It is not uh, an outward sign of an inward work. That's what I was taught. Why are we getting baptized? It's an outward sign of an inward work. The old man is buried. We're resurrected new in Christ. I don't know if you were ever taught that. That's what we were taught. That can't be. Because Jesus comes to John the Baptist and he says, baptize me, John. Jesus did not need to join the church. I'm going over to the Presbyterians over here. Jesus did not need to join the church. He is the church. Jesus did not need to show an outward sign of an inward work because he is the Passover unblemished lamb of God. What baptism is, Nicodemus, you must be born again. How are we born again? We enter a second time in his mother's womb. What baptism is, is it is a cleansing of every negative thing we've been around. A cleansing of every negative person we've been around. It's the renewing of the mind where we all of a sudden realize that Jesus can bring gold coins out of fish's mouths. Jesus can open blind eyes. Jesus can take a child with incurable leukemia and heal that child. He can take my wife when they said you have three months to live and she's at three and a half years now, 100% cancer free. Amen. See, whether whether we like it or not, we've been around negative people. Maybe it's something somebody said at work. Maybe it's something somebody said uh, at the doctor's office. Maybe it's something you heard on the news and you're bombarded with these negative things. When Jesus went into that water and he came out, what landed on him? The power of the Holy Spirit. So as we do this on the Sabbath, we do it every Sabbath, but as we do it tonight, I want you to receive a spiritual cleansing. Here's the question God gave me to give to you. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything. Cancer. Diabetes. Divorce. Drugs. Alcohol. Bondage. Every single thing. We are receiving a cleansing of our mind to receive the miracle power 
of a living God. Can I have an amen? amen. Lift your hands towards me. Amen. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. We now have, right now, starting right now, and right now we're going into the Sabbath at, in 20 seconds. Right now, every area of our lives, Shabbat, Good Friday, Passover, every area of our lives, God has given us right now a new beginning. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. I'm telling you right now, there are people in your body. There's people that, that you have illness or pain in your body. Check yourself right now. It's ruined. You don't need to wait for me to pray. We've just entered in to the open windows of heaven. Receive your miracle right now. Receive your healing right now. Now, the next thing you do after you wash is then you come and you break bread. Now, we, th this is why doing the Seder meal, doing the Passover meal is so phenomenal. During the time of Passover, we do not. I want to ask you kids to put your phone down. During the time of Passover, we do not eat leavened bread. But what we do is we eat unleavened bread. Now, here's an interesting thing, is that on Passover, they'd take three different sheets of unleavened bread, one on the top, one in the bottom, and one in the middle. And during this time, the one representing the Messiah, they bring out. And that one is the one that's in the middle. Now, why is that? Nobody knows. It's what God said to do. But in my opinion, it is the Father, it is the Son, and it is the Holy Spirit. In the middle one, as we bring it out, they take it and break it. Now, if you notice the matzah, the unleavened bread, the unblemished Lamb of God, Every matzah since the time of Passover looks like this. Every matzah is pierced and every matzah is striped. Because when Jesus shed his blood, the piercing and the striping are a major part of recognizing who the Messiah is. On the Passover meal, remember when they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, where do we prepare Passover for you? Jesus himself kept Passover. And when they took Passover and Jesus took the matzah, the unleavened bread, representing the Messiah who has no blemish, no spot, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Now, when we pray tonight, I want you to think about this. This is not symbolic. Jesus said, when you break this, this is my body, which has been broken for you. You know, this Sunday, the folks have put this amazing musical drama together. It's, 
it it's it will blow your mind it, it's it's absolutely phenomenal the effects and the music and the choir and and everything that goes along with it but the revelation of jesus shedding his blood he was striped he was nailed hands and feet you know i say this all the time if all jesus did was die for us on the cross We couldn't praise him enough. We couldn't worship him enough. We couldn't thank him enough. But Jesus walked what's called the Via Dolorosa, the road of suffering. And in that road of suffering, he shed his blood seven different times. Why? Because he didn't come. Now, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. He didn't come just to make heaven our home. But he came to give you life and that life more abundantly. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we've defeated Satan and hell. But through the blood that Jesus shed, through his blood, we have defeated the enemy in every area of your life. And tonight is a night to receive that miracle of Passover. You think about on Passover... The Lord says, take the blood of a lamb as Israel was on their way out of Egypt. Take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of your house where you eat. Now, I said this last Friday on the great Shabbat, but you need, we need to hear it again. So many times we think, well, here's, here's the front door that's inside the house. And so they took the blood and they dipped it and they put it on the front of the door. That's not what they did. Every Jew can tell you that. The Bible says, take the blood and put it on the door of your house where you eat. They weren't eating on the outside. They were eating on the inside. And so when they took the blood and the head of that family took the blood and put it on the doorposts of their house, every member of your family, not just the mom, not just the dad, not just grandpa, not just grandma, tonight we are covering every member of your family, the grandchildren, the children, every member of your family. And the Bible says that he will not allow the destroyer Now, in your English, it says he will not allow the destroyer to strike you. But if you look at that word you, it's in parentheses, which means it's been added. It says, I will not allow the destroyer to strike. In other words, tonight, we're not only going to see the miracles of God that Jesus paid for, but the enemy is going to have to pass over you. He's going to have to pass over your children. He's going to have to pass over your grandchildren. He's going to have to pass over your finances. He's going to have to pass over you. Now, the enemy may come, but the Lord says, when I see the blood and the way it reads in Hebrew, God says, when I see the blood, when I see that you have put the unblemished lamb of God's blood on the inside of your home. God said, I will stand in front of your home and I will forbid the destroyer to come in and strike. It's time for us to live the way Jesus meant us to live as more than conquerors. Somebody ought to shout amen. Now, the next thing we would do is we would take wine. And 
in Christian in Christian tradition when we're doing what we call the Lord's Supper or communion we drink one cup and the reason that is is because the the church about 325 years after the time of Jesus tried to turn every Christian's attention away from Jerusalem and have them turn towards Rome. So one of the things they did was they said, let's blame the Jews for killing Jesus. Up until that point, 325 years, it's called, in history, it's called the Council of Nicaea, which is in modern-day Turkey today. And one of the things they did is they said, let's blame the Jews for killing Jesus. Now, up to that point, for 325 years, there was nothing written in any church doctrine blaming the Jews for killing Jesus. Nothing. 325 years. So they said, how can we get the world who's becoming a Christian following the teachings, receiving Jesus as Savior, how can we get them to turn away from Jerusalem and make Rome the headquarters of Christianity. I got it. Let's blame the Jews for killing Jesus. And for 1,700 years, the church has bought that. But we need to remember what Genesis 12 says. God Almighty, the very first place of blessing, the, the avot of all blessing, the father of all blessings, God says, I will bless those who bless Israel. How many believe God will bless those who bless Israel? But read the rest of it. I will curse those who curse Israel. Can I tell you what God has laid in my heart? And we've talked about this for years and years. Not only are we standing for the nation of Israel. Not only are we blessing the nation of Israel. Not only are we helping the nation of Israel. But we are reversing a 1700 year curse that God has had over the church. And you and I, that one of the great rabbis said that the Gentiles whose eyes are open, they will become so blessed. They will become so blessed. You say, well, that's what a rabbi said. That's what Malachi said. Malachi said, you will become so blessed that all the world will call you blessed. And it will get the world's attention. We're going to show you tonight blessings of God. Miracles, physical, financial, marital, miracles of God. How many are ready to become so blessed it gets the world's attention? Give the Lord a clap offering and say, I'm ready. All right. So then we would come and have the wine. And in Christianity, we drink one cup. On Passover, they drank four cups. It was the cup of sanctification. You know what that means? That means that no matter what we've done in the past, when we come to Jesus Christ and receive him as the Lord and Savior, it's as if we never sinned. You know, how many times have Christians gone through something and they said, well, I guess I'm just paying the price for my past sin. Can I tell you something? The price has been paid. There is no condemnation. Now, listen, I know that I was a drug dealer. I know that I was a drug addict. I understand that. But that was the old man. I'm a new man. And Satan is not allowed to bring up my past because it is under the blood of Jesus. 
No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, that price has been paid. You do not pay the price. That price has been paid. And at the end of it, Jesus said, it is finished, which means it's been paid in full. How many received that? Say amen. There is no condemnation. The second cup is the cup of deliverance. There were 10 plagues that hit Egypt. And Jesus saved every one of his children from those plagues. We may be in this world, but we're not of this world. You know, they can get our gas up to $15 a gallon, but our God is still Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and he'll bring you raises, he'll bring you bonuses, he'll, come on somebody, he'll bring you increase. Do you receive it? See, we may be in this world, but we are not of this world. And through the blood of Jesus, our Passover lamb, we say the destroyer must pass over. Now we're here. We understand that. I got to go pump gas just like you do. But God can bless us in a way that we don't even notice what's going on in the world because we are from the kingdom of God. How many receive that? When we look at the four cups that they received on Passover and without going into all of them because we want to pray. Every one of those cups covers not only our deliverance and our freedom, but the connection to the blessings of God. I don't want to talk about this much tonight because we're going to see this in this amazing drama that our folks have put on for Sunday. When the Bible says we're redeemed by the blood, what that means is, is that we're connected by the blood of Jesus to every miracle power that we'll ever need. Every miracle power. You know, I've had a lot of people asking, I've asked the Lord, Lord, why did you allow us to go through three years of what we went through? It wasn't fun. For those of you who don't know, or those of you who are watching around the world, they diagnose lion with leukemia at seven months never had a child survive that kind of leukemia a few months later tiz had ovarian cancer we're in israel she said my stomach doesn't feel well within four days she's in eight hour surgery sat in the office and the doctor said well i think i think we can get you three months it's not a fun time to go through they came back and said, we checked this 20 times. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Lion has a gene. There is no medical history anywhere in the world of a child his age having this positive gene. And it, they, they never say 100% negative, 100%. It took him from, they've never had a child survive this, to the healthiest, smartest, most talented little boy. Totally. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm saying to you. Because whenever you hear or see something in someone else's life, what does it mean? You're next. They not only told Tiz three months, but they said, you have, you have a gene. Now, God gave Lion a gene that no one in medical history has ever had. 
Then they said, Tiz, you have a gene that caused this cancer, and we're going to have to test your sons and your daughters, your grandsons and your granddaughters, because this gene will pass cancer on to them. But we know something about the seventh place Jesus shed his blood and breaking generational curses. Amen? They call us back in and said, the, doc, the nurse comes in and says, only he could have done this. And the doctor, which is the most brilliant surgeon there is in Texas in this, he goes, did she tell you? And, and well, a little bit. And he goes, well, it shows you don't have this gene, but I know you do. Now, he wasn't saying that to be negative. This is a brilliant surgeon. This is every place we go. They go, oh, you had, he's the best. And he cared. But he said, I know you do. There's no other explanation. Another three weeks later, we come back in and he goes, I can't explain it. And I'm thinking of biting my tongue going, I can. I can. He goes, it's, you don't have the gene. Which to Tiz was the most important because then it meant Anna and Katie and Luke and Asher and Yehuda and Aviva and Lion. They don't, and she's thinking, did I give Lion this? But see, we understand the blood of Jesus and we understand breaking generational curses. We understand that the world says your child's on drugs or the world says you'll never change. But the word says who I set free is free indeed. We understand that power. We understand that even though the devourer is coming through the land, God Almighty will stand in front of you and your family and rebuke that devourer and make him pass over. Amen? But, you know, here's an amazing thing, and I'll I'll stop the Passover story with this. We have four cups that we know are the four cups of freedom, deliverance, blessing, The fourth cup is the cup of consummation. It's the cup of acceptance. It's the cup of acceptance. But there's always a fifth cup when you're doing a Seder plate. And that fifth cup is the cup of Elijah. And Elijah is the one who will come and announce the Messiah's coming. Now, I haven't heard Elijah blow the trumpet. But I'm hearing something that's closer than it's ever been before. One of the neat things about Passover is, and most of you know this, is you do it with your front door open. You do it with your front door open because you are saying to the world, you know what, it may be dark out there, but in here our family is meeting with Almighty God. And you're welcome, if you would, to come into the light. You're welcome. To come into the light. The last cup, the cup of consummation, the cup of acceptance. This is the one that normally we do for communion. And Jesus said, as often as you drink this, do this remembering me. Do this remembering me. Now, what did he mean by that? What did he mean when He said, as often as you drink the cup of acceptance, remember me. The first time I came to church, 
I was a drug dealer, just came back from Columbia, South America. Amazing, and I didn't know this for years and years until God gave me the revelation, but there are seven places Jesus shed his blood. When I came to the Lord, there were seven federal warrants for my arrest, seven federal warrants. I tell people that I ran from the long arms of the law to the strong long arms of the law to the strong arms of the Lord. For for seven years, my mom wouldn't tell anybody where I lived because of the statute of limitations. I've been selling to a narcotics agent. But the last cup, when Jesus said, as oft as you drink this, remember me. What's he saying? He said, remember, I accepted you just as you are. When I came to church that first night, I came to see a movie. I was telling our choir how much I appreciated the anointing on them. And I said, I wouldn't go to church. I I wouldn't go to church. I I sold drugs to people who went to church. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than walking in a chicken coop makes you a chicken. (laughs) It's only by asking Jesus Christ into your heart. And I came to that church, watched a movie, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson. I think it's even black and white, isn't it, Mom? A black and white, the gospel road. And I saw at the end of that movie, I saw Jesus dying on the cross at Calvary. And I I knew nothing about religion, nothing. But then I saw him dying on the cross again, but this time it was in the streets of Los Angeles. Traffic and street people all around him. Then all of a sudden he's dying on the cross again and it's in Times Square in New York and all kinds of drug addicts and prostitutes and folks around him. And sitting in that little building of about 50 people, I realize, I don't understand this Christianity stuff. I don't know. But I understood he, he did that for me. And I remember the pastor saying, you know, if you, if you want to receive Christ, you want to ask you. And, and I didn't understand anything. I didn't understand, I didn't understand one thing about Christianity. But yet watching that, I knew it was real. I knew it was real. And he said, if you want to ask Jesus in your heart, lift your hand up. And it's only a church, about 50 people. And I remember lifting my hand up and he said, I see that hand, that hand, said it three or four times. And he said, I want everybody to stand. And if you raise your hand, come down. And I said, there's no way I'm coming down. No, you know, come down in front of these, look at them. That hair down to here, no shoes on, needle marks in my arm. I'm a full-blown drug addict. And to this day, I don't remember getting out of my, nobody came to me. Nobody said, welcome, good to have you. Shame on that if we ever just come into church, sit in our seat, and not shake somebody. Shaking somebody's hand might be the sign to them, don't give up. God's still for you. Amen? Might be that sign. And I don't remember getting out of my chair. I don't remember nothing. Nobody. Nobody. And next thing I know, I'm at the altar. And we're, in those days, we used to kneel at the altar. Kneel before God. And people told me later, that became my church, and people told me later, they they saw me there, long hair and, you know, drug addict. And they went, 
And myself and a friend, Donna, both of us hippies, drug addicts, not one person in church, not one person in church came up and said, welcome. Not one person. Now, they're, they're good people, and they were, oh, God, oh, Lord, send us souls, save sinners. And then here these sinners are, and they go, not people look like that. <laughs> they, they belong in some other church. And you know what? Tiz and I have always been that kind of church. They, well, you know, you need to go down to Pastor Larry's church. That's where people like you fit in. You know, that's nothing new. They said in the time of Jesus, as he's ministering to drug addicts and prostitutes and the IRS, tax collectors, the worst of them all. They said if he were a man of God, he'd know what manner of people these are. And Jesus said, these are the very ones I came from. So I knelt at that altar that night, and I nobody said anything. Nobody talked to me. Everybody said, praying for these other people, and Don and I are there. And I just said, God, if you're real, if you're real, be real to me. And a million pounds lifted off of me. I'm so glad on Good Friday Jesus came. I'm so glad Jesus died on the cross. And I'm so glad the power of that death and resurrection in the blood is still more real 2,000 years later than it was maybe even then. I said, God, if you're real, be real to me. Can I tell you something? I never became religious. I've tried to be religious. I've tried to act like a pastor. But I'm from the streets. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And so when we take that fourth cup, that fourth cup of acceptance, we need to realize that this is not get cleaned up and then you come to God. This is a come-as-you-are party. And God will take us any way we come. So before we pray, I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Because the Bible says that before we take the blood and the wine god tells paul he says tarry one for another keep playing with me tarry one for another why does he say tarry one for one another because he he said for this reason many are sick and weak and even dying in other words this is something very holy this is something very supernatural this is something that is not a church ritual or something light. This is about Jesus saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus saying, what you do, do quickly. Jesus saying, no man takes my life. I give it freely. And Jesus hanging on that cross and saying, it is finished. They told my mom and dad, your son's a drug addict. Once a junkie, always a junkie. The world says you can't change. But Jesus said, I accept you as you are. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden in labor, and I'll give you rest. Little did I know 
what I would find that night that I found Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, as we're going into the time of celebrating the seven places Jesus shed his blood to give you life and life more abundant, the resurrection of Jesus so that we can make heaven our home, can I tell you that he is here right now for you? If you're the only person in the world that would give their lives to Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior, he would have said, Father, send me. Send me. Maybe you were born and raised in church. You still need a Savior. Maybe you're from the hood, from the streets, like I was. You still need a Savior. And if you're the only one, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, young person, if you're the only one, that would say, yes, I received the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He would have gladly given his life. So as every head is bowed and eyes closed, there's not a better time. Because come Sunday, we're celebrating the resurrection. But we don't have to wait till Sunday. Like the old saying says, it may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. I'm telling you, God's bringing you a resurrection right now. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life or rededicate my life to the Lord. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and I'm not going to bring you forward, just right in your seat, you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Rededicate me. And hold it there the whole time. I see that hand, 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 that hand. Just keep it up because every one of you are important. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, 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 that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Somebody ought to get excited. That hand. That hand, 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 God bless you, that hand, God bless you, that hand, God bless you. Would you stand to your feet and give the Lord a great big He Got Up resurrection clap offering of praise? Would you do me the honor of allowing me to pray with you? And we're all going to pray together. And then we're going to pray for miracles. We're going we're to share some miracles that God has done. Amazing things. Amazing things. God did not make me a drug addict. But I can say to every person, I can say to every mother and every father, grandparents, It may look dark. It may look bleak. You can imagine Jesus' mother on Friday. But oh, my friend, Sunday is coming. Because God says, you and your family shall be saved. God did not give lying or tis cancer. But what Satan meant for evil, God will use it for good. Because I can tell you every drug addict can be delivered. I can tell you every cancer can be delivered. Every sickness can be broken. 
because his name is the name above heroin. His name is the name above leukemia. His name is the name above cancer. His name is the name above poverty. His name is the name above hate. His name is the name above oppression. His name is greater than any name. And he said, where two or three are gathered together. And by the way, we're going to share not only if you're in this room, if you're watching. Our God is a miracle God, long distance. Say this with me out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my home. Get out of my family. Get out of my finances. Get out of my future. I declare in the name, by his blood, every curse is reversed and every blessing is released. Not someday, but today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give the Lord a great big clap offering. Now, I'm not afraid of COVID. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're going to have some testimonies here. And before you sit down, turn to three people. If you feel comfortable, give them a high five and say, we're next in the blessing of God. Go on, turn to three or five people. We're next in the perfect, perfect. take a long time. I know we're busy. I want to ask you to take your seat. The Bible says that we overcome the devil by two things. Can you tell me what it is? Blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Most Christians don't even know that Jesus shed his blood seven times. Most people don't know that on Yom Kippur, as God is ready to release his blessing, the priest takes the sacrificial lamb and sprinkles it on the Holy of Holies seven times. It covers every area of your life. It covers healing. It covers deliverance. It covers prosperity. It covers authority. It covers dominion. It it, everything the devil's stolen, God brings it back multiplied by seven. It covers breaking family curses, generational curses. And then the word of the testimony. Why the testimony? Because whenever you hear or see it in somebody else's life, it means you're next. My God is no respect to a person's. I can, I can pray for anybody with cancer and know, I know what the doctors say. I've heard what the doctors say. I understand that. They are giving you facts, but we do not live under the facts. We live under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Katie, first off, I want to have you come up and share 
uh, testimony. Who, uh, who's coming with you? Jamie. Is, that, is, is this mic on, guys? Yes. Yep, it's on. Okay. Give Jamie a big hand as she comes. Now, as we share some of these testimonies, I want you to say, I'm next. No matter what it is, I want you to say, I am next. And prepare your spirit for the miracle of God tonight on the Sabbath. Go ahead, Kate. So this is Jamie. She's one of our Waves girls. Shameless plug. Waves is on the last Sunday of every month. Young adults. Um, But she's got a really cool testimony. One of my favorites ever. So she's going to share. Hello, everyone. Um, So I start coming to... I'm sorry. My voice, I've been sick all week. So I'm just getting my voice back. But um, in 2018, I started attending New Beginnings. And the first Sunday I stepped into church... It was a Sunday that Pastor Larry gave us the floor to ask questions. And I asked him, how do I, how do I meet people? And he said life groups. I got connected with Katie. Katie connected me with some lovely ladies. And I've been doing life with them ever since. Um, but just as I was getting in church, here comes COVID. And it put me back home. And I got complacent. Got very complacent. I would stay at home. I would watch service from home. I'm in my PJs, but I would watch. But um, Katie and the ladies, they would always reach out to me, and they're like, Jamie, where are you? Where are you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, But close to the end of the year, Katie reached out, and she was like, hey, you're missing out. You have to show up. Um, And I was like, okay. And so I was like, I'm going to do it better. Thank God, you know, God kept me through that time because I should have came right then. But I waited, and I waited to the beginning of the year. And it was one particular Sunday, um, Waves was kicking off, and we were having service at um, Pastor Luke's house. And I didn't come to church that day, but I was like, hey, I'm going to go see what, you know, see what's going on. And when I left his home that evening, I truly, truly, I walked out of his home, and I got on the phone with my mom. I'm like, hey, this is it. I have to get it together. Um, This is it. It's either now or never. Um, And I'm raised in the church. My parents are pastors. And so I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I'm like, this is it. And so that next Sunday I got up, I came to church and it was a Sunday. Pastor Larry gave a great word. And at the end, he shared somebody's testimony. He shared how um, somebody had wrote him a letter and he had told him that he had been um, promoted and within his job, he was blessed double, double and triple. During that process, me and my friend Kayla, we were like, hey, we claim that. We were like, that's ours. We're going, that's for me. And so that week, um, we had two open positions at my job. And that Monday, my boss said that she had filled those positions. And I was really hurt. I was crying. I called my mom. I'm like, that was for me, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I was hurt. Um, but Thursday, my boss put a um, calendar request. And I'm like, oh, no. And I get on there. She's just smiling and smiling. And she's like, hey, Jamie, we want to promote you. And I was like, promote me? You just said you already gave that job away. She was like, no. You deserve this. She was like, I want to promote you. And let me just say, she promoted me that same week. That day, I started my new role that Monday. And let's just say, she blessed me with a nice salary increase as well. And so, um, in that moment, it just, had I not come back into church, I wouldn't have claimed that testimony. I would have just went on to work the next week. But God, 
I was here. I received that. It was mine. Um, but during that night, I also at Pastor Luke's house, I got connected to Pastor Jen. And I have a five, I have a four year old. I'm sorry, her birthday's Sunday. But um, I have Easter a four, Sunday. Easter Sunday. Yeah. Easter Sunday. Um, I have a four year old, and during COVID, she was diagnosed with autism. And um, I also kind of use that as an excuse not to come back into church because I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know how she'll do. I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to see her. She might have a moment. I just rather stay at home. Um, but that night I got connected with Pastor Jen and she was like, hey, you bring her in. She's we're going to love on her, blah, blah, blah. And I just felt so much at peace. And I was like, OK, but we exchanged numbers. But that night. Pastor Jen did something for me as a mom, as a young mother that I really, really needed. And that was that she spoke life over me, but she spoke life over me for my daughter as well. Um, that di- that diagnosis was hard to take. Um, it was very hard because no parent wants to, no parent wants to um, find out that their daughter is different. Um, so she sent me a prayer and she said, what doctors said about Lion due to his chemo is wrong because God has the final say. And she said, Charlie is a sweet girl. She will flourish in the house of God. And I took that prayer. I pray over Charlie every night. I've Ever since she was in the womb, I prayed over her. My parents pray over her. My family prays over her. The girls in waves pray over her. Um, but that prayer was a prayer that I needed specifically for my child. Man. So I write my prayers because I find that um, I struggle to say them. But once I write them and then I go back and read them, it's just amazing to see how when you go back and read those things, how God has acted in your life. And so I wrote that prayer down. And what I put in my book was what God, what the world says about autism, what statistics say about autism, what this world says about autism, what doctors say about autism is wrong because God has the final say over Charlie. And I start saying this and praying this over her every night. But during that time, her teacher, we were kind of seeing a few behaviors that were concerning. And we wanted to, she's going to kindergarten next year. So we wanted to make sure we prepare her for next year. Um, and I'm very involved with my daughter's academics. So she's, she's so bright, but we do struggle in certain areas. And so we were getting her evaluated for a behavior plan and as well as seeing if she would be able to go into general education next year. But, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm about to shout. Um, but um, she... <laughs> The teacher said that we were going to have a diagnostician come and see her the next, you know, in a few days to see if she would need assistance for the next year and um, to see if she would need a behavior plan. So I was like, okay. I took that. I told my parents. We prayed over it. But that night before we went to bed, I prayed that prayer. I prayed against that behavior plan. I prayed against not being able to go into general education classes. I prayed against all that. I prayed of the attack of Come the on. enemy. I prayed against it all. Come on. Because, again, God has the final say over Charlie. Yeah. God has the final say. So that morning we woke up. We're getting ready for school. And I told her, I said, hey, Charlie, mommy needs you to go show them who's boss. You show them who's <laughs> boss. And we always listen to our gospel music on our way to school. And we're in the car just worshiping. And she gets out. And I said, hey, you do good. 
mommy's gonna buy you french fries after this, after school okay and she was all excited she's french fries i'm like yes french fries so she gets out i leave i call my mom i'm like mama she's she's i feel it she's she's about to show out she's about to do it and i just felt such peace that day and i was just so excited to go get my baby at the end of the day i pulled up and oh the confidence that i saw when she walked out of that building she walked out chest out she was french fries mommy french fries and i said okay and i looked at our teacher and she was like no behavior plan we don't need a behavior plan come on come on she said come on that reverse the curse was big reverse the curse but then she said she's going into general education next year she needs assistance we'll take the assistance we'll take it but she's going into general education Charlie has autism. Autism doesn't have Charlie. God has Charlie. Charlie is going to flourish. God has already showed me what he can and what he will do for my daughter. As long as I pray for her, as long as I keep her grounded, Pastor Jan was right. Charlie will flourish in the house of the God, in, in the house of the Lord. And we will continue to stay in the house of the Lord. We will continue to pray over her. She's going to be good. Come on, somebody <laughs> clap your hands. Let me, let me say, let me say, they still say she has autism. The only problem is she doesn't have any symptoms of autism. Somebody say reverse the curse. Amen. Give her a great big hand, Pastor Wanderson. Share, share that financial blessing. Pastor, so last year we had a man that was visiting, a family that was visiting our house, friends of ours, and we brought them to church the first time, and it was just a service like this, a miracle service, and the minute you came out on stage, God pointed him out to you, and you started talking in, per- uh, in English. from Brazil. He's from Brazil, exactly. Never been here before. Never been here before. I never met him. Never met him before. Amen. And then God pointed him out to you, and then you started talking in English, and he couldn't understand, so that's when I jumped in and said, he doesn't speak English, Pastor. Right. So God gave you a word, and you said this. God has a special anointing over your life for business. And you will flourish. And from this point on, God is going to do something. Right after service, he came to us and said, listen, I own a printing company. It's a big printing company in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I had to lay off a bunch of people because of COVID. I haven't taken a salary for over a year now. And I'm believing I'm taking this word back to Brazil. He went back to Brazil, Pastor. I went to visit his company. He actually had to rehire a bunch of people. He's having to say no to jobs. They had to purchase extra print, uh, printing uh, machine Jeans. that it's over $2 million. Came straight from Japan. Look, that's it. That's it. God is multiplying. He took that word, took it back to Brazil, and now he's having to say no to jobs. God is a God of multiplication, a Jehovah Jireh, a God of provision. God is doing something in our church. Amen. Tiz, come on up. Uh, What I want you to understand is I can remember exactly where I was standing when we were praying for miracles, and I see this gentleman, and I start talking to him, not realize I never met him before, not realizing he's from Brazil, not realizing he doesn't speak English. 
And I gave him a word that said, God has anointed you for business. There is prosperity coming, exactly what Watterson said. We were down in Sao Paulo a few months ago doing the conference. He walked up and he said, as soon as I got back, that whole thing turned around. Uh, they, they, they showed us pictures of this. They have to turn business away. They just brought a new, bought a new machine for a million dollars or... $2 million, $2 million, they paid for it. And so if God can do a financial reverse for him, God can do a refi- And for her, amen, share, share. Now, this is also for those that are watching by stream, that we believe the anointing of God that is in this room comes across the world. Absolutely. This lady wrote in. And she is a stream family, part of our stream family. She's also a partner with LHM. Her 81-year-old father had a massive stroke, a massive brain bleed, went into the ICU. The doctor said, the surgeon said, I'm sorry, but I don't think he's going to live. And he said, if he does live, he'll have massive physical and brain damage. Well, this gal takes what we teach and put it to work. She went home. She said, nope, that's not what's going to happen. She got out her shofar, blew the shofar over her father's life, got under her tallit, had a Holy Ghost prayer meeting under her tallit. Within several days, her dad was home, perfectly, perfectly fine. No physical damage, no brain damage, and completely healed by God. Amen. 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 Stay up with me. Stay up with me. Now... This is a great example of whatever he tells you to do, do it. He is not a God of meaningless ritual. When the Bible says, blow the trumpet in Zion, blow the trumpet in Zion. When the God says, when I see you in the secret place, that's your tallit. I can pray in the car. I prayed. I was down cleaning horse stalls today, praying today. But when I need to make sure I am du- not double-minded, when I'm, there is a serious battle going on for the spiritual mind, I go into my prayer closet, I shut the door, and God is, says that the enemy cannot come in and make us double-minded. When God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it, These, when God says, blow the trumpet, why? Well, it says when you blow the trumpet, the enemy hears that and realizes you are part of the covenant and he flees. These are not rituals. These are not meaningless religious things. These are the weapons of our warfare. And listen, when I, when, when I was battling with uh, in my mind, what lions are going through, I'm battling in mind what Tiz is going through. Don't you think I got up every morning and went outside and blew the shofar around my house, got under my tallit so I'm not double minded? Because a double minded man is unstable in all their ways and let not think God, that man receives anything. Listen, in these last days, God is raising up an army with supernatural weapons, and you are part of it. Amen. Derek, come and share with us real quick. Come and share with us a bit of your testimony. Uh, well, most of you know my testimony pretty much. Um, share it anyway. But, but I, I want to I, I tell you a little bit about a miracle that I don't talk much about. But coming to this church and sitting under 
the pastors here, it is one of the greatest miracles of my life. I, I, I cannot stress that enough. If, if, you're, if you're confused about what to do when pastors up here teaching on the Sabbath, just do it. Just, just step out of faith and do it. He, pastor teaches that God reached out to several people before he reached out to the Jewish people. But the Jewish people accepted it because they did it. They just right. did what he asked them to do. That's right. And that is, that is the greatest miracle. Just do it, folks, people. God has blessed me and my wife. I've come into this church. I've met my beautiful wife here. I've got some of the greatest friends that any man Amen. could ever want. And they have stood by me. They have helped me. They have trained me up to be the man that I am today. And, and that, to me... I couldn't ask for anything better than that. I thank God for what he has done for me. All right. All right. Tell him where you came from. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like pastor. I grew up in the streets, so, so I will give you one, too, if you need to, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, in and out of jail, in and out of jail, raised in the family, raised in the church like, like so many of us are, left the church because of things that I didn't like or didn't see or didn't understand. And the Lord brought me back here. It's just a, it's a miracle what he did. Uh, I am a, a nurse practitioner now. I have my uh, master's degree. I'm working on my doctorate degree. Uh, my wife and I, my wife and I run a, a, a very, very successful company with some great people that are in this church that have helped me build this company. Man. You know, and it is, that's just a little bit of, the, of my story. But th- th- there's so many things. There's so many blessings that God has, has bestowed upon me and my family. And I, one of the major ones is sitting under this ministry here and just doing what Pastor has taught us to do by, by doing the stakah, doing Shabbat, saying your prayers every morning. Those things will get you through. I'm telling you, those things will get you through. I am living proof of that. Amen. 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 I asked him when we come back, I said, would you share a little bit of your testimony? I said, without, go- I don't know how we do this without going into detail, but he is maybe next to, he is maybe the most successful person in building a business that I have ever met. Uh, don't line up and say, oh, I think I'm your cousin. Don't, don't, don't. But he, he and his wife and other folks in there, they built a business that's worth millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the only reason I share that is look where he started, look where he is, and for all of us, our best is yet to come. Amen. Okay, we got to go. Katie, you want more? You got somebody coming up? Yep, they're coming up right, right now. So this is Kristen and Karina. They are sisters. They're coming down right now. And they are a part of our amazing Venezuelan family who we love so much. They're all right back there. And they have up, a ladies. really, really cool testimony and they're going to share what God just did for them recently. <laughs> Who wants to start? Go ahead. Meeting. 
Now, once Hello. you receive this, I want you to receive this. So, Pastor, before I share my testimony, I want to say that back in 2009, 2010, the Venezuelan president, a dictator, Hugo Chavez, he said on live TV, I cursed Israel with my inmost being. And three years later, he died from bone cancer. Amen. Amen. So we're not able to play with that. You are so right. Amen. God is so right. Amen. Did anyway, y'all catch that? Did yes. y'all catch that? That's a, I, I know that story. And unfortunately, yeah. Venezuela, after that, has been going down the hill. One of the most Latin America, most prosperous country. And now they lack electricity. They lack water. They lack food, essential, toilet paper, everything. And that's how we... That's, uh, we, we are praying for restoration and complete uh, healing for Venezuela. God reverses the curse on that entire yes. nation. Amen. Great wars in Cuba. Amen. And other uh, uh, countries that is under dictatorship. Amen. But uh, back in 2020, I was diagnosed with lupus. And I've been feeling completely sick. Nobody in my family had lupus. The first thing the doctor said, who in your family? I said, nobody. Before he even finished the sentence, I said, nobody in my family has lupus. I didn't know what it was. And so I had to learn because I've been having the symptoms. Um, and we were praying. It was really a tough year. Uh, lupus. And then I got completely sick with COVID. On the top of that, my mom passed away last year from COVID as well. Um, but I came over here one service and my husband, and I got to say my crazy husband, we, we were supposed to ask for financial, uh, prayer. And he's like, no, just pray for her for, uh, healing from lupus. And one of the things I want to say, Pastor Tease and Pastor, uh, Larry is that I always remember, always in the back of my mind, I always say, imagine your life without the sickness or the disease that you are going. Imagine saying, okay, no, I'm not going to have this. We're going to enjoy life. We're going to go and do this and do that. And so back in my mind, it's amazing how the human body is and how our mind tries to trick Amen. Trick us. And, Amen. and the first thing, even if you are conscious and say, no, I'm not going to speak nothing negative. But sometimes I got caught up in myself saying, oh, this is the symptoms I'm, I'm having. This is the symptoms I'm, I'm feeling so sick and this, this, and that. And then I'm like, no, stop. God says, stop talking about it. Yeah. Just don't say nothing else. Don't say nothing else. And I don't know if you are ever like me or going through a time like this. I'm like, only my immediate family will know what I'm going through. I don't want nobody else because sometimes we have family members or friends that will make it worse. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stop talking about it. Don't talk about it. And whenever it will come to my mouth, I'm like, stop, stop. So it's like you got to train yourself. Right. After four different tests, because I'm like, doctor, are you sure about this? Are you sure? Are you sure? Let's do another test. Let's do another test. Four different tests. All of them says positive. After the the number five, the doctor said, that is no lupus in you. We pray. Let, let me go back. Let me let me go back. Pastor Larry prayed for me. Right there, he laid hands on me. 
And I'm like, okay, God, you are in control. And I'm receiving this. Um, but I just want to say, Pastor, I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, you, Pastor Tis. Uh, it's no time. There is no more time to have or to be living an easy gospel. Amen. It's time to get on our knees. It's time to pray. It's time to seek God. That if you are not able to sleep in the middle of the night, go and pray. Read the Bible. Make some sacrifices. Because that, that going to church and just, just going to go to make you feel a little bit better. Oh, yeah, I went to church, but you continue living your life. That's not how God works. He's watching your heart. So the time of Living an easy gospel is over. Let's pray. Let's seek God together. Let's fast. And I just, I'm going to translate for my sister as well. Um, well, doctors uh, examined me. I, I've been feeling, I was feeling bad. And um, it came back, one of the tests, uh, it calls Anna. And it's antibody, anti-nuclear uh, disease. And I, I called the doctor and I said, what is this about it? And he said, well, you have lupus. And immediately I remind my sister, remember my sister for all these past three years that she's been going hey, through. So you had lupus. So I had lupus. And then you got, had lupus. And then this and year, she has lupus. She dealt with for three years. Uh, we, we've been there and we noticed that it's been bad for her. Uh, but she just keeping believing in God and declaring and confessing and receiving God what, what God had for her. So, and she got very, very stressed and worried about it because she's been through this and she understand very well what is this about it. Yeah. But not me. It wasn't my case. So, um, doctor decided to um, um, repeat the test and the test came back the same. And then um, he uh, just um, gave me a referral with a specific medic, a doctor. And this doctor said, let's go back with the test. And in the middle of time, I shared with her the resolve, and she got worried about it. So um, what I did, I just fasting for it. I, I talked to her, and I say, let's fasting for it because there's fast, because yeah. God has the last Word. So let's believe what God has for us. In our way here, my son say, but you never had lupus. And I say, I did. But God did a miracle. Come on. I believe Amen. that. Amen. It's, 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 not that, it's not that it was uh, an error of the examination. Right. It's because we as a child of God, we are not the same as the rest of the people. Yeah. We are under the promise that we receive what we believe. And if we believe, if we declare, God is for us. And we will receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and give the Lord a clap offering? Come on. Give God praise. Give God glory. Now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And, and I want you to receive this. God is no respecter of persons. We had a child diagnosed. Listen, listen. And, and I want to say this. I hope I can say this 
well and you understand my heart. I thank God for every doctor, every nurse. One of the things we pray for, if someone's going in for a procedure or an operation or something, we pray that God will give those doctors divine wisdom. God will give those nurses divine wisdom, divine direction. And, and you know, God uses people in the medical profession to perform miracles. But at the same time, what, what medicine or science says is not the final word because he is the great physician and by his stripes, we are already healed. Amen. I believe God allowed us to go through what we're going through so we can stand in the gap with you to receive a miracle, financial miracle, a child diagnosed and and God reversing that two cases of lupus people coming out from off the streets and and seeing incredible financial blessings beyond anything we we can imagine um I don't say this very often I don't tell it much because it's important to tell Lion and Tiz's story but right before that happened with them if you remember one time I was teaching and I couldn't catch my breath Long story short, I went to the the hospital. They sent me to the hospital. Oh, he's got bronchitis. Three months, I couldn't catch my breath. I finally, the doctor said, you check him. They came back and said, there's no way you should be alive. For three months, both of my lungs were totally filled with blood clots. I had a blood clot from my waist all the way down to my ankle. Six doctors said, there is no way you should be alive. But when we have the blood of the Passover lamb, God stands in front and makes it Passover. We're going to sing that song, He Touched Me. He Touched Me. And that's all we need right now tonight for God to take your circumstance and totally turn it upside down. Is a touch from God. You know, we were talking, I wish I would have brought it. We were talking the other day about an old poem. Maybe some of you remember it. It's called The Touch of the Master's Hand. Does anybody remember that? And they bring an old violin out to an auction and the it's all beat up and it's tattered and it's and it's it just does looks terrible. And the auctioneer holds it up and says, Who give me five dollars for this old violin? Nobody. Who give me three, two, one? Somebody give me a dollar. And all of a sudden, this old man comes out of the audience, takes that old violin, tunes it, and begins to play an incredible melody. The place was in awe, and he hands it back to the auctioneer, and the auctioneer says, who will give me 10000 for this? Who will give me 50000 Who will give me 100000 And the young person turns to his father and said, what made a difference in the old violin that was, looked like it was worthless? And his dad said, the touch of the master's hand. God wants to touch you. Do you receive it? If you're here tonight, I'm just going to say what God lays on my heart. If you're here tonight, anybody here tonight that you have a child that needs a miracle. We've heard several stories. I want you to come right now and stand with me. Come out right now. You have a child that needs a miracle. Is there anybody here tonight that you or someone you love needs a miracle healing. And I'm not talking about God will heal you of a cold. God will heal you of a sore throat. 
But anybody here that has cancer in their lives or in their family, you can stand in the gap for them. Come down, come down, all the way down the front here. Come down, come down. Now, God laid in my heart this afternoon when I was praying. There's someone here, and and this includes those of you that are watching by stream. You're in a major financial battle in a courtroom situation. In a courtroom situation, God laid this amount. Who are you? Where are you? Right here. Right here. Anybody else? Courtroom situation. Right here. Right here. I want you to come forward. Come down. Come down. Come down. There's somebody else that is about to, it looks in the natural like you may lose. Come come all the way down here. I bathed in everything for this. Come all the way down. Come on down. All the way to the front here. All the way to the front. All the way to the front, squeeze in. You're here this morning or this evening, and you're, it looks in the natural like you're about to lose your business and or your home. Where are you? Lift your hand up. All right, come down. Somebody else. All right, come down. All right, come down. God's going to reverse this. You're going to be the lender, not the borrower. You're going to be the head and not the tail. Somebody here right now, and I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but you have a very desperate family need in your family in your family in your marriage in your home god wants to do a miracle i'm going to ask in a moment somebody here has someone that's in jail our god still opens prison doors somebody needs a miracle for someone they love in jail i want you to come right now there are, if you need a miracle of any kind any kind at all physical what financial in your home in your marriage in your body in your mind all right i'm gonna i want you to close your eyes just a moment close your eyes close your eyes no and don't put the cameras on the people there's someone here that you have been battling close everybody close your eyes no 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 ushers looking no one somebody Somebody here has been battling suicide. Where are you? Lift your hand up. One, two, three, four, five. I want you to come down. I want you to come down. I want you to come down. Let me pray for you. Come on. Come on down. Just come down. We're going to pray. As we begin to worship and sing that song, he touched me. Go ahead, choir. He touched me. I want you to lift your hand up, and I want you to sing these words to the Lord. He touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Lift your hands up. Let's sing it all together. He touched me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. If you are, if you are contemplating suicide, I want you to wave at me. If you've had suicide in your mind, I want you to wave at me. I want you to wave at me. I'm going to come down amongst the crowd here. Derek, John, Luke, I want you to help me. If you've been contemplating suicide, I want that thing's going to go right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. John, Luke, come with me. Come stand with me. Katie. Let me ask you something. When we're praying, I want you all to lift your hands up. Let me ask you something. Is there a history of suicide in your family? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we're going to break this curse of depression. We're going to break this curse of... I, I wouldn't say that loud, but yeah, we're going to break that curse. And we're going to reverse that curse with joy. Amen? We're going to reverse that curse with joy. While we're praying this, the Holy Spirit, like a giant net, is reaching out for your daughter right now. So we're standing in the gap, all right? God is going to give you a renewing of your mind. You're going to begin to think positive things. Where's my, where's my, where's my lupus lady? Where's my ex-lupus lady? Where is she? You're going to, I want you to lift your hands towards her. Come down here. Come down here. Come down here. God's going to give you a new way of thinking. Now listen to me, because this is going to break every family curse that's in your life. He's going to give you a new way of thinking. He's going to give you a new way of speaking. Just like my ex-lupus ladies, make your way down, Lupe and Lupo. You're going to begin to speak things. Look at church. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Put a guard on, look at me. Put a guard on your mouth. Look at me. There is life and death in the power of your tongue. Do not, now, now, l- listen to me, because we're going to, there, I guarantee you in your family, there's this ongoing depression. There's this ongoing negativity. I can see it all over you. We're going to reverse that. Your family's going to think you're on drugs or something because you're going to become so happy. And you know what you're going to say to them? Just like in the book of Acts. They said, they're drunk. And they said, we're not drunk like you think. Look at it. It's already coming. It's already breaking. Look at me. Look at me. Put a guard on your mouth. There is life and death in the power of of your tongue. Now, well, watch this. Watch this. You are forbidden to say anything negative, negative from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday because this is a holy window. I want you to realize this. If you say on during the Sabbath, if you say, oh man, I don't think I'm going to hold on to my job, what you just said on the Sabbath multiplies. You understand? Because it's a, it's a holy window. But if you say, hey, honey, you know what? They said they may be laying people off, but they're not going to lay off. I'm going to get that raise. I'm going to get that bonus. I'm going to get that financial increase. Now, now you've just multiplied the creative power of your words. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? All right, so here's what I'm going to, God wants you to do. From, from right now until the end of the Sabbath, Saturday night, you can't say anything negative. Every week, you're going to have to get in the habit of being happy people. I know it sounds cultish, but the joy of the Lord is what? Oh, come on, somebody. The joy of the Lord is your But here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to be totally positive from right now, say right now, until Sunday night. 
Because Sunday is resurrection. Are you with me? Now watch this. You're going to get in the habit. There is an anointing. Look at you can look at look at the look on your face. Look at the look on your face. When you came up, you have this heavy spirit on you. That that thing is already turning. It's going to follow you like a instead of darkness following you like a shadow. The sun of God is going to follow you. Somebody lift your hands. Let me ask you something. How many of you have a, have a habit of being negative? 90% of your problem is because you. It's not the devil. The devil's up there going, they keep blaming me. We're going to break that. How many have a habit of being negative? Lift your hand up. Come on, lift your hand up. 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 Okay, we're going to break that. We're going to reverse that right now. Everybody say this out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, in my life, in my home, in my family, I break the curse of being negative. From now on, from this moment on, my glass is half full, and it's going to be good measure, pressed down shaking together, overflowing in Jesus' name because I am more than a conqueror. Now, if you receive an anointing of being positive, give the Lord a clap offering. This brother right here, there is a generational curse of failure, of not getting through, you just never feel like you're doing enough. Listen to me. We do our best. Receive this. We do our best. He does the rest, and we give him all the praise and all the glory. Come here. Does this make sense to you? There is a spirit. I could see it all over you, but I could see it leave you. When you were saying that, you were serious in your spirit, and I saw that thing break. It's just like on the day of Yom Kippur. They cast the, the, the they, they, they send the goat with all the curses down, and it comes back, and it tries to find an empty door. But when we put the blood of Jesus on, the door is not open anymore. I'm telling you, you're breaking generational curses, and you're beginning generational blessings. Lift your hands this way, folks. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, there it is right there, in Jesus' name, I release that. Somebody give the Lord clap offering. What do you need, sweetheart? Say it again. Your baby right here is diagnosed with autism and age two. Where's, where, come up here, come up here. I want some ladies on, some men lifted. Believe in God. Come on. If God does it for one, he's no respect ever. You come up here. You right there in the white blouse. You come up here. I'm going to tell you something. God has given you a new assignment of being a prayer warrior as never before. Your grandmother, your mother, grandmother was a prayer warrior, and that anointing on you is not gone, but it is doubling. From now on, when God speaks to you to pray about something, you stop and you pray, because when you speak, God will stop making universes to hear your prayer. God will say, stop. 
stop angels of heaven. My child is dumb. There is a new anointing on you for prayer. Lift your hands, ladies. Come on. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break every curse, every family curse, every generational curse. And fa- what's his name? Give me his name. Mario. Mario. On Mario, we release the blessing and the favor of God. Give me five. In Jesus' name, Father, we release. We're going to be astounded at the miracle power of God on him. Look at this. Look at how he's coming. Look how he's coming down. Listen to me, sweetheart. From glory to glory, he's going to go and sing. From glory to glory, you're going to see. The teachers are going to go. The teachers are going to say to you, do you have him on some new medication? The doctors are going to say, are you, are you doing this or that? Because you're going to see him coming back and coming back. Already we see him. He was bad. So as soon as we laid hands on him, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Lift your hands up. Say this out loud. I have the power in my hands to lay on the sick and they shall recover. In Jesus' name, look at me. Lay hands on your children's pillow. Lay hands on your kids' door. Lay hands on your kids when they're going to school so that God can reverse what the world's trying to do and bring you, raise up your young ones in the kingdom of God. What's wrong with you, sweetheart? Okay, so they said to her that she has, what did they say first? MS, and then they said, no, it's something else. And then they said, no, it's something else. And then they said, no, it's something else. Well, we know whatever it is, it's got to go right now. Amen. There, there's going to become strength in your limbs. There's going to become a steadiness. You're going to, I hate to tell you this, you're going to start gaining weight because of health it's coming back in your life ladies lay your hands on her right now come on come on ladies come on ladies lay your hands lift your hands this way anybody else got ms anybody else wave at me anybody else in your family has ms anybody else wave at me if i can see you all right lay hands on her pappy lay hands on her right there right now anybody else wave at me anybody else with ms in your family because it's going i can can you feel that Can you feel that? Can you feel that? Lift your hands this way, folks. Father, I release an anointing of healing in the name of Jesus. I bind every force of darkness in Jesus' name, and I command it to leave her body right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And, Father, I loosen strength. I loosen power. I loosen the anointing of Almighty God. Now, I never do this, but I want you to do something. Go with Katie and just walk up to that. Go with Katie and walk up there. And and because I believe you're going to feel. Come on, folks. Somebody get, brother, get on the side of her. Get on the side of her. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise. Bring her back, Katie. Bring her back. Father, I bind dizziness. Walk with her, walk with her, walk with her, walk with her. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
You're going to wake up in the morning and your hips are going to be sore. And that's a sign that God is, it's a sign from God that God is healing you. You watch it from glory to glory. You're going to wake up and your knees are going to be sore. God's going to give you back stability like you have never believed. And whatever that poison it's in, it's gone right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord praise and give the Lord glory. What do you need? What do you need? Blood pressure? You had two brothers that passed away from heart attack. Anybody else with a heart issue? Anybody else with a heart issue? Come. Are you related? Okay, come up here. Anybody else with a heart issue? All right, somebody, I'm going to come down there. Raise your hand up. I want some prayer men right there. Gather, gather around and right there. Come on, guys. Luke, make your way down there, guys. Or bring them up here. Listen, listen to me. My father had severe heart problems. When I came to Dallas, I got a new doctor. And the doctor, listen to what I'm telling you. The doctor said, when you fill out, is there any history? Is there any history in your family of heart issues? And I said, my father. And she said, you're a prime candidate for heart problems because of the family history. And I said, hey, are you a Christian? And my doctor, who's still my doctor, said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I said, have you ever heard about breaking generational curses? And she said, we're actually teaching a book in our Bible studies by a pastor, Larry Hawk. I went, duh. Okay. There is a spirit of anger in your family that is the platform that's passed this heart condition from generation to generation. Has anybody died in your family of heart? Two. Two brothers. Well, let's break that curse. Anybody else heart condition? Where, where are you? Where are you? All right. You guys, we got them covered right there. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. What is the doctor's, Tom, what's the doctor said on your heart? Okay. All right. Is there any history in your family of, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brothers, dad, mom, mom. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. I need you, Tom. You got to hang around. I'm going to retire in about 30 years. So you got to hang around till then. Are you, are you hearing me? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that. I'm saying I need you. So the devil has got to take his hands off of you. And God is going to bring divine energy and health here. Anybody else with heart? Anybody else with heart? What's the doctor say? You've had several heart attacks? Okay. In your family, has there been heart attacks? Yes. Anybody die of them? Yes. Let's break that one, huh? Let's get rid of that. Listen, do you all understand? I, I never teach something here that I'm just trying to fill a Sunday up. When Jesus went to, when they put Jesus' body in the tomb, was he there? 
Was Jesus there? No. Where was he? He was at the gates of hell. He stomped on the devil's forehead and he took the keys of life and death. He broke generational curses. Are you hearing me? He broke generational curses. I got a word for you. This is your, this is, do you have family here? Okay. This is, this is your family word. And I want you to rebuke each other every time you begin to break it. Okay. All right. The devil doesn't get my joy. Okay. It doesn't matter. Your car breaks down. God can, God can get you a new car. Your refrigerator. The devil doesn't get, for all of you, the devil doesn't get my joy. Why? Why does the devil want to steal your joy? Why? Tell me. Tell me. The joy of the Lord is what? A little softer, a little softer. So if the devil steals your joy, he steals your health. He steals your prosperity. He steals your destiny. He steals your family. Listen, I used to be, and, and you know, uh, uh, it's dangerous. I brought, we brought my mom. My mom came to church one time, and she started telling people about my past. I said, Mom, there's things I don't even say. But everybody knows that I used to be a drug addict, but I was a violent, violent person. It takes a lot to make me mad. You can't, you can't steal my joy unless you're driving slow in the fast lane. There's no, there's no excuse for that ignorance right there. But I'm healthy. I'm going to be 72 years old this year. I feel like I've just begun because the devil doesn't get my joy. Amen. The devil. Well, you say, well, but I'm Latino. I'm hot blooded. No, that's a Latino curse. You are not Latino. You are a Latino slash child of the living God. I got to obey God. Now, I don't want to embarrass you, but how, who here? And it's not just men who here has an anger problem. Raise your hand. See, thank you. Thank you, because it's not just men who's got an anger problem, because we're going to break this. Why is it important? Why is it important to break the anger? Look at me. Listen, and I'm saying this because I know there's about three times as many need to raise their hand. Moses, the second holiest one in the Bible, got him out of Egypt, got him 40 years in the wilderness about to go in the promised land and God says Moses you're not going in you know why anger because we do not serve an angry God and we cannot represent the peace the the prince of peace by being angry Moses killed the Egyptian 40 years later he comes down off the mountain takes the 10 commandments written by God and smashes them he took the rod and, and smote the rock. And God said, your anger is eliminating you from my blessing. So listen, I'm still an angry person, but I'm angry at the devil, what he's trying to teach our kids in school. I'm angry at Satan for trying to steal our young people. I'm angry about Satan putting drugs in, in, in our kids. I'm angry. I'm still, man, I'm still a man. 
I'm still a man. When God got my sin, he didn't get my manliness. He just sanctified it. The same thing with women. Women, you can be women of thunder, but thunder for the kingdom of God. Who else, who's got an anger problem? Lift your hand up. Come on, we're going to break that. He's going to buck. It's amazing, 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 amazing. Now, I'm not, listen, God doesn't make us sissies. God doesn't make us sissies. Amen? You don't, you, 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 you don't break into my house and I go, oh, let me pray about this. No, I'm calling on the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Smith and Wesson. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Be angry and sin not. What does that mean? That means be angry at who you're supposed to be angry with. We battle not. If you could learn, I, I, man, I'm telling you, I held a grudge forever. But when I realized I battle not with flesh and blood, but with principality, now I know who to get angry at. The devil. Amen. Pray this with me. Father, right now, I break the spirit of anger in my life, in my home, in my family, and I declare that curse is reversed in my home, in my life, in my family. There will be joy, happiness, and peace beyond any understanding, and I give Jesus all the praise and all the glory. Now, I believe there's a major break. I want you to clap your hands and praise him right now. Father, I break the curse of heart condition right now in the name of Jesus. I break. Look, look at me a second. They said your dad, your dad, your grandfather, all that, you're a prime candidate. We went, we've, we've had our hearts ch- tested. They said your heart is like a young person. It's, it's out there. Listen. We're, we need to break those family curses, those generational curses, not say, well, it's always been there. It's always been there until Jesus said for you and for me. It's, look at the look on your face. I'm telling you, the joy has replaced the heaven. The, the devil that's been haunting your family for years is out running around looking for some pigs to get into right now. Sweetheart, what do you need? Right here. With, yes, ma'am. Your sister has heart condition. If you have a heart condition or somebody you know has a heart condition, put your hand on your heart right now. Wow. Wow. A lot of people. A lot of people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind this spirit of infirmity. Understand, every sickness is a spirit of infirmity. It never comes from God. Never, ever, 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 ever comes from God. I bind the spirit of infirmity right now. In every area, I bind it in heart condition. I bind it in blood condition. I blind, bind it in every area of our body. Now, Father, from the crown of our heads, picture it, picture it. I'm picturing right now the blood of Jesus flowing from the crown of your head down through your face and neck, down through your shoulders and your chest and your back, down through your waist and your hip, your legs. Father, a cleansing by the blood of Jesus. An empower, oh, there it is right there. An empowerment by the blood of Jesus. A healing by the blood of Jesus. Father, every, every disease 
I command it to leave every sickness, every pain. I command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody has, has had severe stomach problems, severe stomach problems. That's being healed right now. You're feeling that right now. You're feeling that right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody has had a pain in their jaw. In their jaw. And the doctors have not been able to say what it is. God's healing that right now. You feel that pain leaving your jaw right now. In the name of Jesus. Arthritis. Who suffers from arthritis? Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. You have arthritis? Okay, I want people to lay hands. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Lift your hand up, your arthritis. Are you bitter with anybody? Are you bitter with anybody? One of the number one open doors to arthritis is bitterness is bitterness let me tell you look look at me i was praying for we were praying for miracles in perth australia many many years ago and this lady came up and she said i have arthritis it comes and it goes it almost cripples me and then it leaves and it comes back and i was a young young pastor and i said are you bitter against anyone and she said, no, she's an elder at one of the churches, a big crusade. And she's an elder at one of the churches. No. And I said, okay, I just f- felt that. And I began to pray and it would go and then it'd come back and go. And, I, and she, all of a sudden she goes, I am bitter. And she shared a story of her sister hurting her. And I said, forgive her right now. Forgive her right now. Because we battle not with flesh and blood. And that arthritis left and never came back again. Never came back again. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Arthritis, an open door for arthritis is fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Who here suffers from fear? Now, let let me explain. And I don't mean to keep you long. Let me explain. I'm afraid my husband will leave me. I'm afraid cancer will come on me. I'm afraid the economy will take my business. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of this. Understand. Fear is a spirit. This is why it's so important. One of, uh, one of our, I think it was you that said, Pastor said, get in a life group. Can I, can I tell you there's an anointing who you associate with? There's an anointing who you associate with. My brother, what's your name? Give me your hand. The enemy has tried to steal your destiny. Do you have family in here? Where's, who's your family? This is your wife? Your, man, good thing they all look like your wife. God has a phenomenal... Derek, come up here. John, come up here. Anderson. God has a phenomenal destiny for you. And the enemy's tried to steal it. He's tried to come in and make you be something that you're not. I'm going to leave an anointing on you. Okay. That's going to make you, it's going to walk with you. It's going to strengthen you. You're going to feel my hand there. You're going to feel that the rest of your life right there. You're going to feel that the rest of your life. And every time you start to put your hand to something, God's going to speak to you and say, what you put your hands to, I'm going to cause it to prosper. 
You know my story? You know my testimony? Once a junkie, always a junkie. But God turned that around. I did so many drugs. I did so many violent things in my life. And today, because of walking with Jesus, I have my relationship with the Lord. I have my family. Oh, there's an anointing on you, sweetheart, right there. I have my family, and I have a destiny. You are going to, people that you know are going to be, number one, astounded at the favor of God that's on you and your family. Number two, they're going to come to Christ because you're going to be a witness, and they're going to say, how did you change? And you'll tell them, because I began to follow Jesus. There's a leadership anointing coming right. Lift your hands this way, folks. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, there it is right there. Father, I bind every force of darkness that has come against him and this family. And in the name of Jesus. Father, raise this family up with blessing that will shine like the morning oh there it is right there in Jesus name somebody give the Lord a clap offering this lady right here I'm only going to take about five more minutes there's a heavy burden you're carrying what do you need the Lord to do for you Tiz, walk down there. Come up here, sweetheart, or just, or just stay with me. Luke, come over here. A- any of you women believe God can heal somebody of cancer? Is that, I know you. There's The enemy's been, uh, I, I don't know this except looking at you, but God just spoke to me. The enemy's been trying to wear you out. He's been trying to wear you out. And God, I saw, when when I looked at you, I saw God blow his breath of life in you and i saw you like a sail like a you know like a a, a a sailing ship how all of a sudden that sail catches the wind and all of a sudden instead of being weary your family's going to be going slow down because you're going to catch the wind of god in your sails father right now in the name of jesus we're, we're binding cancer right now We're binding cancer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind that spirit of infirmity. Oh, there it is right there. And Father, we release it. What's your your cousin's name, your nephew's name? Andrew? Angie. Angie, in the name of Jesus. Father, I release this right now. Right now, I command that spirit of infirmity to leave his body. And I speak to every cell, every fiber, every ounce of blood. Behold, there it is right there, in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Ma'am, what is it you need the Lord to do for you? Say again. Your, your sister's niece, what kind of operation? Our knees, our knees. Come here. You know what? You're standing in the gap. Anybody else have, when you said that, anybody else have something to do with walking? Problem walking. What is it on you? Come up this way. Your sister? Her sister? Your sister? Anybody else with walking? What, what is it, sweetheart? Your hip? What's the doctor said? 
Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Somebody else over here. What is it? Your hips? Arthritis? Oh, that's that's going. You're, you're way, way... We're all way too young to have arthritis. Do you need something? Come up here, sweetheart. What do you need? Yeah. You know what? Uh, anybody else with back problems? Boy, I'll tell you what. I used to hear people complain about back problems, and I thought... Come on, toughen up until I got back problems. It got to the point, now receive this, it got to the point that they sent me to the top surgeon because I, I, there were times that for a week I couldn't get off the couch. Tiz and the kids had to pull me off the couch. They took me to a surgeon and he said to me these words. He said, he looked at my back, he looked at my spine, he said, you're either a heavy smoker or you are a power weightlifter. And it saddened me that he picked smoker first rather than weightlifter. But I used to be a power weightlifter. He said, you're dis or crush. But he said, I think with your faith, God can bring it back. That was 17 years ago. 17 years ago, I horseback ride. I do, do everything. And so... There is a something causing degeneration in your back. There's something causing degeneration in your hips. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't tell these things a lot. Okay, I don't tell these things a lot because people... I was praying for somebody one time in Prescott, Arizona, and they, had, they came up and they had a, something in their hip. And they said, the doctor said it was... Degenerating, there's some kind of disease in there. And we prayed and we went down, and I came back and I said, That's a spirit. Now I won't tell you what I named it, but God gave me. And I said, That's a spirit. That's a demon spirit attacking your body. And went on down the line. Two weeks later, I was doing a crusade in Nogales, Sonora, Mexico. His pastor came up and said, You remember you called and said, That is a spirit that's attacking your your body and i said yeah he said look at this and he showed me an x-ray would it be an x-ray or and right where that joint was was a face it's not like oh we can kind of see it no it was a face with its tongue out i am not i don't share these things often but this is why we bind the spirit of infirmity and, and that's what God is going to do. That's a spirit of infirmity trying to slow you down. Come, lady, I need ladies up here. Ladies, come up here. Tiz, come up and pray with me. Come on, guys. Lift your hands this way. Father, right now. Ladies, come up this way where I can touch you. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now. Father, I bind that spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I release the healing power of God right now in every hip, every back, every knee. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring this lady forward to me so I can lay hands on her. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There it is right there. There it is right there. There it is right there. In the name of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Amen. Somebody give God praise. Lord, I'm a, I'm a, two more minutes. Two more minutes. Then we'll go. Two more minutes. Ma'am, what do you need? What do you need from the Lord? 
With what? Liver disease. Come here. Come here. Ladies, come around. Come on. Prayer warriors. Liver disease. Anybody else with liver disease? Anybody else? Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody is angry with you and speaking evil over you. Does that make sense to you? Yes? Okay, look at me. Look at me. I was in San Angelo, Texas, at a friend of mine, Pastor Walt Landers Church, and he brings up power of words. Power of words. Listen, I don't let negative people around me. I don't let them around me. Because my glass is always half full. Is yours? Always half full. Look at you. What a change. Now listen to me. Power of words. Not only what you say, but what people say to you. Okay? You guard your mouth, but you guard your ears and eyes too. Pastor Walt... John and Luke and all of us know Pastor Walt very well. Pastor Walt brings this Hispanic family up to me. Now listen to this. And he says, Pastor, they they, they got married about two years ago. Neither one of them had ever sexually been with anyone except themselves. And that was after they were married. He said, I know them, I know their history, I know their family. And he said, about three weeks ago, or whatever, I can't remember the timeline. Forgive me, I, I shouldn't say three weeks ago. But he said, one day they came in, they, they were, the mom and the baby was feeling bad. They went to the doctor, and I'll put it delicately, they both had a disease that a prostitute would have. And they've never been with anybody but themselves. They're a holy family. So I started praying against this disease and all of a sudden I stopped and I said, who spoke to you something negative at your wedding? And she began to tear up and she said, because she was Hispanic and her husband was Anglo, Her grandmother at her wedding said, you're nothing but a. And I said, number one, we battle not with flesh and blood. But number two, we do not allow people to speak to plant seeds in us. We right there, you can ask Pastor Walt, ask John. We bound that spirit. We bound that curse that someone spoke on them. The next night at the revival, they brought him up. They went to the doctor the next morning, and the doctor said, I can't explain it. That disease is gone on both of you. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind every negative word that's been said on, oh, there it is right there, on every one of us. I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. This young lady right here, right here, what do you need the Lord to do for you? Okay. Amen. 
Lift your hands this way. Lift your hands this way. You know, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man, a righteous young woman, are guided guided by the Lord. There's no confusion. There's no misdirection. Oh, there it is right there. The Holy Spirit will... The Holy Spirit is going to walk with you so strongly that you'll never, ever be confused on which direction to take. Now, I'm not just saying that for everybody. I'm saying this for you right now. You're going to be led in every decision. You're going to feel, you're going to feel the presence of the Lord beside you. You're going to feel him when you walk. You're going to feel him when you're sitting You're going to feel him when you lie down at night. And God is right now. Oh, there it is right there. Renewing your mind in every area. In every area. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, what amazing destiny you're going to have. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering, would you? Young man, come up here. What do you need the Lord to do for you? get you ready for college do you know where you're going you do where are you going wow good for you but i got bad news for you god's going to bless you so much and raise you up in such a position of leadership that you'll only ever be able to give him all the praise and all the glory because and I say that to be to be light, but if you were you here last Sunday when I taught on the church that God opens the door that no man can close, and God closes the door that no man can open. Walk with the Lord with all your strength, all your might. And I see like in a movie door boom 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 opening up and you rapidly going through those doors with the blessing and the favor of God. People will want to know. You're going to have to have courage because people are going to want to know why are you so blessed and what are you going to tell them? Because Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lift your hands this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the power and the blessing of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, steal his spirit. Let him feel the strength of God. Let him feel the call of God. Let him feel the hand of God on everywhere and everything he goes. In Jesus' name, amen. God really touched you, didn't he? God really touched you, didn't he? Well, what? Can we pray for uh, Josh's wife? Yes. Come here. Tell, tell, Tell me again. I know what it is, but I want you to say it. What is it you have? Yeah, let's bind that thing. If God can heal cancer, if cancer goes, lupus goes, autism goes, this is going too. Amen, amen. Now here's what God's telling me. It's not because we deserve it or don't deserve it. That's That's the battle. That's the battle that the devil plays with you. That's what the battle that makes you double minded. Do you deserve the blessing and healing of God? Yes, you do. Absolutely. Why do you deserve it? Because of Jesus Christ. Okay? Not because of anything we've done. I do not want God to give me what I deserve. Say amen. You don't either. 
I want him to give me what's been paid for in full by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Okay, that's going to go. All of a sudden, you're going to walk in faith as never before. Come towards me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Father, I bind the spirit of infirmity. There it is right there. There it is right there. In Jesus' name, Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. I command the spirit of infirmity to go. I command the healing power of God to be released. We receive it right now. In Je- Somebody shout, we receive it. Okay, I'm going to do just one or two more, and then I, I, I apologize. I did not mean to go this long. What do you need from the Lord? Your dad has a form of dementia. Come here. Come here. Two things. Number one is we're going to break that. It's not going forward any further, and you're going to start seeing, whoa, improvement. Number two, it's not coming on you or anyone else in your family. We're breaking that right now. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break that curse of dementia over every one of us, over every one of our families. Somebody say amen. Look, Look at me a second. When I said that, I said that because I felt that in the Holy Ghost. We're going to put the blood of Jesus. This dementia, this type of thing is not coming on any of us or any of our family. Shout amen. amen. Father, I release it in Jesus' name. Amen. Young man, what do you need? You need financial miracles for your home or and your fi- for your studies? Come here. Come here. Who needs a financial miracle? Listen, if you get it, I need $3 million for a new youth center. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you something. Would you, would, would you, could any of you give me $3 million right now? Probably not. If you, if you can, you haven't been tithing. How many would like to be to the point that $3 million wouldn't be anything? Oh, come on, come on. Somebody's going to get blessed. Might as well be us. And, and let me tell you, what, what are you going to, what are you going to, what are, what's your uh, degree going to be in? You're studying what? Theology. Don't you know God's going to take care of this for you? Who needs a financial breakthrough? Wanderson, come up here and pray with me. Who needs a financial breakthrough? Okay, now, uh, all right, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Let me warn you. Let me warn you. It's easier writing a check for $100 than it is for $10,000. We'll take care of it. You know? I don't know how many times I've always said, man, I would love to write a check for a million dollars. And then all of a sudden, we've been doing that. But the first one was like. (laughs) Amen. Now I'm going to release an anointing for prosperity because I believe it. In these last days is the end time transfer. Well, think about Passover. Think about, think of Passover in Egypt was, oh, thank you, Lord. You ready to receive this? Passover in Egypt was right now. 
What happened tomorrow? They're walking out. You know, I love I love Charlton Heston. I love the Ten Commandments, but it's not biblically correct. So they some all dragon old half dead goat. Oh no no! They the Bible says they plundered. They plundered Egypt. The people were saying, "Take our stuff." Bosses are going to say, I need to give you this raise. I need to give you this bonus. I need to do it. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release an anointing. Say, I receive it. For prosperity. Say, I receive it. I release an anointing. Say, I receive it. For more than enough. You said... I'm to be the lender, not the borrower. Say, I receive it. Good measure. I receive it. Press down. I receive it. Overflowing. I receive it. That there will not be room enough to contain the blessing, the favor, the anointing of prosperity that's on my life before I say amen hold on you brother there has you are you are about to see walls coming down of finances one thing next thing next thing the next one that happens don't say oh man I couldn't believe no that's not it's just a beginning it's the beginning of prosperity. God, I was just getting ready to say amen. And God said, I can trust him. Tell him I know I can trust him. I'm going to give you a lot to trust with. I'm going to give you a lot to trust with. How many are ready for a lot? Brother, there's going to be financial. Is this your, is this your daughter? I knew that. Just want to make her feel good and you bad. God's about to put you into a whole nother dimension, spiritually and every time time God does something spiritual, he does it financial. When we grow spirit, beloved, I would above all things. See, this is how it comes to me. Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul does prosper. You're about to go into a whole, you guys have got a whole new dimension spiritually. You're going to feel the presence of God. You're going to have a hunger for the things of God. That will take you also to a whole new dimension financially. This time next year, it will astound us where God has taken you to. I don't know you. I haven't, I don't know what you do for a living, but as I'm giving this to you, God said, beloved, I would above all things, above all things that you prosper, you be in health as your spirit grows. This is being released in your lives. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Okay, Luke reminded me, uh, uh, Two th- one thing, we already prayed for knees, but we, we can pray for uh, knees again. Court cases. Who's going to court? Who's going to court? Okay, listen to me. Here's how, you, here's how you pray on everything. You need a new job. You need this. You need this. What does the Bible say? Listen to me. Listen to me. God will give you favor with God and favor with man. It's a wrong way to pray that I don't need man to do anything. God will give you favor with God and favor with man. 
if you if you get a new job God got you that new job, but he talked to a person to give you that job. If you have a business idea, God will give you the people to invest. It's God that gave you the idea, but he gives you people. Say this, favor with God and favor with man is mine right now. Father, to every judge, every lawyer, Father, you are... The one who sits as the high court, the judge of the high court. I claim that everything that's coming against these people will be in court reversed. Everything that's been stolen will be. All right. One more. One more. One more. How many of you have been ripped off financially? Okay. Ripped off financially. Who ripped you off? Satan. Now, if, if I lay hands on you and you get healed, who healed you? God. If I lay hands on you and rip you off, who ripped you off? Satan. Man, you guys are getting good. Almost every time, God got the glory and I got the blame. We battle not with flesh and blood, but we battle with principalities. And when you discover who the thief is, everything he's stolen is coming back multiplied by seven. Amen. I claim on all of us, lift your hands, we're closing with this. I claim on all of us the power of his resurrection in every area of our lives. All the years Satan has stolen, I claim them back multiplied by seven. All the joy stolen, I claim it back multiplied by, say seven. All the peace that Satan stolen is multiplied back. By how many places Jesus shed his blood? All the finances have been stolen, multiplied by everything the enemy has stolen, multiplied back. I claim the power of his resurrection in my life, my family, my mind, my spirit, my joy, my health. My children, my future in Jesus' name. Because no matter what Satan did, I declare he got up. He got up. It may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. And he got up. Oh, somebody shout, he got up. Somebody shout, he got up. For me and my family, he got up. If you believe in the power of his resurrection, give him praise and give him glory.